Sports. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 309 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us tonight as we are starting a brand new meet coming up tomorrow as we're filming this Thursday night. Tomorrow, Friday, the fairgrounds in NOLA opens up and we are covering the late pick five this Saturday and it's a good one opening weekend at the fairgrounds. Please make sure you hit that red subscribe button. See it down there at the bottom of the screen? You can see it. If you haven't hit it, smash it. That red subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button as well, the like button, and also the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. You can follow me on Twitter at hkravitz and scrolling to the bottom of the screen, my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com for questions, comments, concerns, issues, queries, celebrations, good things, bad things you want to say, whatever. I'll take all of it. You can listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Power Picks. If you're a subscriber, Power Picks, I'm not a mess. Maybe you're a mess. I don't know, but I'm a mess in the last race at Churchill on our Power Picks. Nine to one. I had some nice, juicy, uh, especially uh, place and show bets, but some win bets, trifectas. Again, the Power Picks were fantastic. They've been good. Check it out below the video player. And also go to our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. And we're on Instagram, instagram.com backslash hhhracingpodcast. All right. We got a lot to talk about. And we we have a hard out tonight at about 8.40 Eastern here on Thursday night. So let's get right to our show. Again, we are previewing Fairgrounds, which opens up this weekend. And we got a bunch of people to help me do that. First of all. Let's, well, actually, before we do that, sorry, it shows next week. There it is. We just missed it. We are going on next week with our Thanksgiving schedule. We're going to be a little bit different. You're going to see it scrolling uh, below on the screen. Ben and Boozen going to go Tuesday night, and our flagship show is going to be Wednesday, and it's going to be late afternoon. Look, a lot of people are not working Wednesday, especially in the afternoon, and then Wednesday night, everyone's going to go out and get drunk and do whatever people do on the night before Thanksgiving. So I don't want to do a show on a Wednesday night when most people are not going to be home. So we're going Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern is our flagship show to cover a lot of really good stake races over the Thanksgiving uh, weekend, mainly at Churchill. But we'll discuss that Wednesday, late afternoon. Ben and Booze and next week will be Tuesday night. Check your local listings. Check YouTube. That's why you got to... Uh, hit the notification bell so that you know when our content will be popping up. All right, let me bring on my co-host. First, from the East Coast of Maryland, I see I love the gear that he's uh, wearing tonight. Let's bring him on right now. Happy to sport his shards gear. I love it. Pete Visco and from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and the Saratoga Special, back from quite the last few weeks for sure. But the gang is all here. Paul Halloran. Guys, good to have everyone back. How are we doing? Very good. How are Very you? Good. What's up, Paul? I got my St. James the Great hat on. I Big win at Laurel last Saturday. Congratulations. 70 buyer, two-year-old on turf. Love it. He looked good. He looked good, Paul. I love it from the one hole, tipped out, went well. Pete, you got yeah. your little gift. You got the, you got a little uh, a ticket, also a voucher or a ticket. just uh, Got that, too, actually. Yeah. 
I almost said for Pete's sake. Sitting right that, here. I guess that would be appropriate. Yeah, that's right. Pete's sake is fine. <laughs> Everything's at my sake, so it's all is good. It, does the hat fit you? It's all good, Pete? It fits great. I never wear hats, so this is a special occasion. On I never right. wear them on the show, I should say. So this is a very special occasion. Looks good. Um, guys, I don't know about you, but as I was constructing my pick five uh, ticket for today, I was thinking just going about all, 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 and hoping that it only costs about five bucks. If you don't, yeah, I think yeah, you guys that'd be good. About, right? <laughs> well, if if you have a FanDuel account, you can do that. <laughs> I do. Look, look, I, I do have a FanDuel there account. So, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that was yeah, what a mess. Was, that that was interesting. And also, Paul, I got to say before we start, real quick, you, your your best friend. Rich, uh, Rich Strike is not going to be in the sale. They're pulling him out of the sale and keeping him in light. You know, <laughs> in light training. Too bad because I almost, Howard, instead of coming home from Kentucky last Saturday, I almost stayed just to bid $37 on him in the sale. Ouch. And uh, I'm glad I didn't stay. I came home. So I am glad he's going back into training, though. So because yes. then Pete can pump him up and people will bet him. and. We'll just have the usual result. He can, he can he can be our Breeders' Cup Classic look ahead winner for next year yeah. when we do our when we do our 2024 preview show. Absolutely, yeah. Stephen. Uh, yes, oh, smash that boy. like button, Stephen. Thank you, Michael. Already smashed. Greatly appreciate it. Michael has also has some thoughts about Rich Strike. We'll just we'll we'll skip that comment. Um, <laughs> Penn State Scott. Penn State Scott. Good to uh, have you on. I love it. Um, all right, we're, we're going to jump right in. So what's happening guys is we have Kevin Kilroy coming on in just a few minutes. He's got, he got caught up doing something, but he'll be with us in a few minutes. Kevin is fantastic. I saw him at the Breeders Cup. He is the simulcast analyst for fairgrounds people. He's, he did a great job last year. Um, I think that was first year full time. It feels like it was longer, but I think last year was his first year. It might've been his second. I'm, I'm, had a long week, but anyway, uh, the kids are a little bit uh, rambunctious, guys, as you can imagine, getting into uh, Thanksgiving weekend. They're all thinking about turkey and everything. So, um, uh, Paul, you met Penn State Scott also, huh? At the Breeders' Cup, apparently. Yes, yes, it was a pleasure. What a great guy! Yes, we saw him uh, twice. Saw him on Friday and Saturday. Yes, very nice. Great. All right, so guys, we're gonna jump right into the late pick five at the fairgrounds, and Kevin Coy is gonna be joining us, uh, really, probably any minute. And we also might have a little bit of a surprise guest also coming. I don't want to say who you guys don't even know, but we might have someone popping in uh, that has a lot of fairgrounds intel as well. Let's jump right in. Let me take off the banners. We're going to talk about the late pick five uh, again at fairgrounds. It's their opening weekend. Guys, as I bring this up on the screen, um, Paul and Pete, I don't know if you guys are sort of regular players of fairgrounds. You got a lot of choices you know, coming up here with Oaklawn's opening up and then the Gulfstream winner uh, championship meet is coming with actual full-blown nice turf racing starting in December. Um, when you guys think of fairgrounds, Paul, real quick, what's your first thought? Is it the triple crown season? Is it, is it, I mean, the turf course actually looks outstanding. If you've seen pictures of the uh, fairgrounds turf course, hopefully they can keep it that way. And any general thoughts? It's not probably a track you play too often, Paul, I assume. I play it occasionally. What I think is they've really done a good job uh, making the derby preps more impactful. You know, they they changed, they tweaked the distances a little bit. Yep. So the you know it, it has really become uh, a mu a more popular road to get to Kentucky. You know, the, in the past you you may not see a horse just going all the way through Louisiana 
to get there. But that that's fairly commonplace now, and on the Philly side too for the Oaks. So uh, I, I think they've done a good job. And the other thing that I re- think of how it is, it's a fairly long stretch, as I recall. Yes. So it's, I get pe- I get beat a lot. It goes on quite a while, Pete, especially when you have a horse in the front. You're like, where's the wire? Where's the wire, Pete? Well, right. you know, I, use, <clears throat> I usually have the horses in the back closing, so I, I enjoy the long stretch. I like, He likes it. <clears throat> Mike Austin said he plays it on the big days. I'm probably the same where, and same with Paul, where generally leading up to the Derby, you play him those weekends. But again, I, I'm more of a let's look at the tracks this weekend, see who's going, see which one has sort of the most intriguing card, and then jump in. And so if Fairgrounds has it, fantastic. I will say, look, the, 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 and Kevin Kilroy might not admit it fully, but I mean, because he works for Churchill Downs Incorporated, but everyone knows it. The turf situation last year was a complete, utter disaster. Remember, they didn't run on the turf a long time, and then we were on the turf. The inside was like a sand pit, and you, like, they were avoiding it like the plague, and they were like way out on the outer rail. Remember, guys? And we, we did cover some races and some days there. I'm looking forward, if they can keep the turf course in good condition, um, I'm looking forward to betting, uh, fairgrounds a lot more because their turf racing guys is really good and let's let's the fact of the matter is pretty soon if not well actually the next few weeks the only turf racing east of the mississippi is in florida other than the fairgrounds so they need to get that turf course and keep it the way it is because i think all of us sort of like turf racing in general there's big fields and and fairgrounds has a beautiful turf course where you can close pete because it's a long stretch when yep. it's in good shape. So let's just hope it stays that way. Again, Kevin will be coming on in a minute to talk about the meat and our picks. But guys, we're going to jump right in. Here we go. This is the late pick five on Saturday, and it starts in race six, everyone. Race six, the late pick five on Saturday. Uh, you see the local time there, 3.15, so 4.15 Eastern. Let me go ahead and bring our picks on the screen. And again, Kevin Kilroy from Fairgrounds will be joining us in the next five, five or ten minutes or so it starts with my favorite guys a five and a half for a long turf sprint uh but i will say that the you can close on this turf course and the five and a half on the turf the guys at the fairgrounds sort of like keeneland where it's pretty fair and it, you know closers can can come from behind and do okay so you see our picks on the bottom of the screen it's a main special the rail is out eight feet i just want to mention that because um it's not all the way down it's out a little bit and it's a big field. I'm assuming they're going to be on the turf. Let me bring you guys on the screen a little bit here. So it's been very dry in Louisiana, like the entire summer into fall. In fact, they had, they've had like brush fires and stuff. Of course, this week, they've had quite a bit of rain early in the week, but it's actually well needed. Tomorrow, Friday, I don't know if they're going to be on the turf. I'm guessing they will be. Saturday, I'm almost sure they will be. I don't think it'll be tur- uh, firm. I think it'll be lifted, listed more as good would be my guess. And as we all know, guys, on most turf courses, if it's a little bit wet, you probably want to be on the outside of the turf course. So I'm going to assume, even though it looks great and it looks fair, that the outer pads might be a little better, but we'll see. Anyway, it's a big field of 12. You see our picks on the screen. And I'm going to go, Pete, to you first. You've got the 10 Norwich. By the way, the more than favorite is in the main body, at least without the A's, is the number nine, which I was sort of surprised. I don't know about you guys, but Honky Tonk Highway for Calhoun and Relu, who was the leading rider last year. He's back again. But you're going Norwich, Pete, for Shri DeVoe. And David Cohen, who I don't know for sure, guys, but I think is going to be moving to Oaklawn 
when they open because usually he rides at Oakland. I was a little surprised to see him in the PPs. What do you like about Norwich, Pete, who I actually have on top also, and Paul has absolutely nowhere. Well, I, I do. No offense to you. I do like to have that Kevin has this horse in second. So that gives me, you know, it gives you a little bit of, yeah, a little bit okay. of confidence into an eight to one shot. So I'll take that. I don't expect <clears> you to <throat> say a lot of nice things about my picks anyway, Pete. Well, so you know, I, me and you are usually, you know, so every once in a while we have the same pick, but you know, since Kevin is the, is the <laughs> fairgrounds expert, we'll take yeah. his, we'll take his word a little bit Fair more, a little enough. bit more <laughs> supportive there. So th- yeah, this one, I, I, sign, I sort of like horses sometimes first run out where maybe something goes wrong. And with this horse, and, and that's the reason why they don't run as well. This horse was bet down. You could see basically five to two, <clears throat> still ran fifth, but w- and was working well. What I liked is this horse was working well, which I assume is why is why he wound up taking money. He was a $385,000 purchase. Cherie DeVoe's been, been pretty hot. So going into that race, it seems like this horse was well meant, <clears throat> ran the race, broke kind of sharp and, and sort of gutted out and had, it looked like it had nice position, but then got checked terribly and was, and I assume you saw the same thing. And then after that, it almost seemed like the jockey just was like, ah, screw this. You know, we're, we're probably done for this race, but the horse ran on and the horse never, it, it's not like he stopped with it and sort of backed it to last ran on a bit at the end, still kept coming, picks up Cohen, which I'm not a huge David Cohen fan, but yeah, that's fine with this one. And then I just thought this one gets a, when I saw the price, especially, I was like, maybe just people don't notice and people look at this horse and say, ah, the debut wasn't so great. Maybe we'll go elsewhere. That's my thinking. But I thought that maybe you just didn't see the best of this horse on debut and Cherie DeVoe can have him, you know, firing second one out. I found it weird that there's no buyer. It's not a zero buyer, everyone. It's just not a buyer listed. Well, I figured that's why you picked it. Once I saw the dash there, I figured that was right up your alley. Uh, Pete, you read this race exactly the way I did in terms of this horse. And we're not going to watch the replay because it's, again, issues with direct you know, replay watching. Yeah. But this horse did study badly. It was on the inside, in between. And then just didn't look like the jock Torres really wanted to, you know, be aggressive with him and just sort of let him run on and stretch. Didn't yeah. really close, but I, but like you said, he didn't pull him up either. So be, everything you said, I, I have nothing negative to say. I like the fact this horse has already run once and there's a lot of question marks here in this race. So I do like Norwich and guys, we're ready to bring on the man, the myth, the legend, the simulcast expert host analyst, from the fairgrounds in Churchill Downs of Corfrey. Let's bring him on via Kansas City, but now in NOLA. Kevin Kilroy. Kevin, let's go full screen. How you doing, buddy? Dudes, good to see your faces. How's it going? Hey, What's up, Kevin? Kevin? It's been a while. Definitely been a while. Bit, right? I know. I saw some of you guys uh, at the, the big events, right? Breeders' Cup and uh, Kentucky Derby and all that sort of good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it, you guys, I saw Howard walking around with his entourage. It was like, man, this guy's made it. This dude's got an entourage. He's walking around, you know, in between making his bets for the Breeders' Cup, BCBC. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the entourage part, but I do. I did see, I did bump into Kevin making it look like he was at the $100 window, guys. If I, I'll do double check, but it looked like he was making some big bets, care of uh, yeah, that cashes. He was slumming it. He was slumming it at the $100 window because, you know, they didn't have a $500 window there for him. Hey, Kevin, real quick, I, I want to get back to the PPs. I'm real bit going to go a little bit shorter tonight. We've got a hard out at about 840. But real quick, I'd be remiss not to ask you two quick questions. First of all, you've done some excellent write-ups for 
fairgrounds already. People should check those out on the website. There's just two, three things I want to talk to you. Just one or two minute quick pushes. Jockey uh, Colony this year. Any trainers? I know some New York trainers that are in, including my guy Ray Handel's got some um, stalls. And then also the turf course situation. If you could just hit those three points real quick, and then we'll get back to the first leg of the pick five. Yeah, definitely. The turf course is easy. It looks beautiful. It looks fantastic. Um, looking at it, it looks a little bit um, like a golf course. It might might play fast. So that's something to keep in mind, you know, and that's just sort of a non-expert eye, but just sort of seeing it um, the way it's cut and maybe won't be so cuppy, you know, in the way that uh, those late uh, turn of foots tend to appreciate. Um so, yeah, we're good to go on that, which is fantastic. The fields are looking great. And there's a lot. I mean, it's going to be a competitive meet. You're going to be have to be hustling out there. And I heard you guys mention David Cohen, right? And uh, I know he's got a new agent. I mean, the agent jockey game is just a fascinating one to me to know that all that goes into it. And um, uh, we got Ron Foshe, <laughs> the, uh leading trainer past three years, now is an agent. He brought Ben Curtis over and probably not familiar with him out there unless you follow England or, you know, racing and you know, he's been in Australia, he's been in Dubai, he's had success all over in Korea as well. But he's a top five jock over there, uh, year in, year out, has won the all-weather championship, um, knows how to ride, you know, on a dirt uh, course like he was doing in Dubai. But of course, the all-weather is pretty close, um, especially at Southwell in England, and then uh, the turf as, as well. So he's going to be having live mounts. You got to watch out for him. Um, we also have Jaime Torres coming in. I mean, talk about a sensation through his first year. He's been really great. And I know Ray Handel said that he's going to look to to Torres a lot. Um, he likes him. He worked with him um, in New York when he was getting going. And those New York trainers are, are super intriguing, right? Ray Handel, Robert Falcone Jr., um, Rob Atris. You know, I think they're coming down. I think they want to win, right? I think they want to get, get not worry about um, the long career of the horses in terms of, you know, keeping them if they love them, they're going to drop them aggressively is, is my, is my sense of things. So they're going to have turf horses. They're going to be live there. And I think, uh, you know, we've got an interesting one on Friday's card with a uh, Falcone bringing in a class dropper. So you've got to you be on your toes about that stuff and sort of take a stand on what do you think they're, they're there to sell or they're there to, to win and sell on some of these. Um, and then of course the Riv, you guys know Larry Ravelli, right? No balls yeah. trainer. Uh, two fills. He's got 41 stalls and um, the rib is always live, right? He's always yeah. live. So he could be going for that title. So those guys you want to, you want to keep a close tab on and know those, uh, the agent games and the jockey games and David Combs seems like he has some live mounts. He's getting, getting calls. So maybe his agent uh, has got him on those. Kevin, is he staying? I mentioned, I could be wrong. I was guessing, is he actually staying all meet at fairgrounds or is this just via Oaklawn? Cause he usually rides at Oaklawn. Yeah, he was here last year, and um, okay. you know, he, he didn't love his, his success. And um, okay, he's, he's yeah, he's got a new agent, but uh, cool. yeah, he's yeah, he, he's put some All good right. beats together. Just haven't seen it necessarily um, um, last year with us. Kevin, look who's in the chat. Our our good friend Chad Shexnader of of the Fairgrounds Podcast, great guy. He said this is interesting. Real quick, down below, Kevin. Somebody keep in mind Fairgrounds serial races. Lasix is allowed in Louisiana. Here, so plenty of those horses come from Kentucky who started their career off Lasix now can have it. That's an angle that people need to pay attention to, Kevin, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No hissa, you know, no hissa, hissa, however you want to say it in, in, <laughs> yeah. in Louisiana. Something else to think right. about. Um, and I just remembered it's Matt Mimolo is the agent for new agent for David Cohen, also represents E.T. Baird, Chris oh. Amy, 
um, and uh, okay. Barbosa, who's coming in. So uh, he might Beautiful. be doing some good work for him. All right. Now, listen, there's a horse in this race that you've got on top and that Paul's got on top. Paul, I know you're a big Catholic boy fan for a lot of reasons. You love the horse, obviously the religion thing. But number six, now, now we're in my we're in my territory, Paul. This is my tribe right here. Oi, they. I got <laughs> you, you guys are going with this horse. Kevin, this horse didn't really run well last time. But boy, the breeding certainly says this horse could take to the turf. Yeah. Um, Oyve seems like, uh, you know, that was a good first run. That was a speed favoring track that he was on and, and he got in good position right behind the winner and, uh, just didn't have the full distance that day. Right. But turf is where we want to be. This is a half to, uh, to go in good. Who's had all sorts of good success mm -hmm. on the turf. So, um, I think this is a good spot. Second out from Brad Cox is something that, uh, you want to trust. Yeah, there's going good. And again, we'll just go back here that the, the, uh, the damn good deed, was really nice horse. So there's turf uh, sprinting all over the place uh, on the breeding. Uh, Paul, I'm assuming you saw the same thing and just figured this horse could step up a ton here in the second start. Yes, I, I did have the dam being stakes placed on turf. Two sibs of one on turf. Brad Cox going dirt to turf with second-time starters in turf sprints is 19%. I think the fact that Brad wanted to run this horse on turf out of the chute is telling. Um, Brad runs the majority of his horses on dirt first, so he this horse was in uh, entered for turf, kept him in uh, probably just to get him a run. He was ready to run in Keeneland. Um, Constitution's an okay turf sire, so yeah, I actually like this horse a lot. Yeah, and Kevin, before you came on, we talked about Norwich, who Pete and I have on top, had a lot of trouble first out, $385,000 um, Munnings cult for DeVoe and the aforementioned David Cohen. I think this horse is going gonna, is gonna to run very well. I don't think we're getting eight to one, though, at all, to be honest. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Nor um, on that Oy Bay, six to one or five to one or whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. And another th thing to think about with these uh, turf horses he you know, probably just didn't, when he was asked, didn't have that kick on, on that surface, right? But to get him on the right. turf, he'll probably be able to produce. So it might not just be getting tired that first run, but maybe just didn't uh, didn't love the uh, the ground when he was uh, when he was asked late. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's a spread race for me. I mean, most turf sprints are. We'll talk about our uh, pick fives here in a little bit. Let's go to the next race, guys. And everything should be on turf, Kevin, Saturday. The weather's clearing out. It should be fine Saturday, right? I don't, I don't think it's going to be firm, though, if I had to guess. Fingers crossed for tomorrow. I mean, it should be good. It looks good. We just have had sort of a sprinkle drizzle, humid deal going on. But, um, you know, you just never know with, with turf okay. courses, especially down below sea level. But Saturday, we should be we should be great. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead on to the next race here as I bring it up on screen. It's race seven. This is the second leg of the pick five. It's the Jacob V. Morale Memoriale Stakes. It's the Morale Memorial Stakes. They're going... Uh, mile and 70. This is for Louisiana Breads. $75,000 is the purse. You see the field here. They're going two turns. And the morning line favorite here is the number seven. Who took the money? Nice Louisiana Bread for Calhoun and Deshaun Parker. Let me go ahead and switch the banners right here. Kevin, you're always going to be first as our guest. Kevin, great minds think alike, buddy. At least I hope. You're going with Bahama Star, as am I. Shane Wilson. Ray Lou, if this horse is nine to two, Kevin, I will be making a nice big, big win bet. I don't think we're getting nine to two, but what do you like about Bahamas Star in the stake race? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting race pace wise. Um, we can see that uh, 
uh, Mangum from uh, Set Hut was entered in here a little bit late. I think they saw that there wasn't much pace signed on. So I want someone who's going to be forward. There's a lot of dangerous deep closers in here. Uh, Behema does sit a little bit off of it, but can be ridden a little bit more closer to the pace. So we'll see how Ray sort of slots him. But I like his, his form line. Um, he's definitely one that sort of at first glance seems to have gone out of form, not getting the wins recently. But he's kind of done this before. Last year, he went through the same sort of uh, this curve of, you know, a big race at Evangeline Downs, a little bit slower, slower, a good one at Fairgrounds and a big one. And that next one there, uh, uh, December, early December. And we're kind of seeing that same thing. A really big race at the beginning of the year, of, of, sorry, of his year, four-year-old, went a little bit out of form for the next next two and then he's he's starting to come back in the right direction so um I, you know I, that uh it's an interesting situation britlin has been with camejo for the past few years jose camejo and now they're with shane wilson so there's question marks you know having a new barn for uh britlin stables which has you know is the owner of star guitar and evelyn benoit's yeah. fantastic person in our horse racing community and um always has some live runners especially on the big days but you know, I think we're fresh in here. I think we're going to have a nice setup, and I think um, I think we want to trust this one. Um, but uh, there's a lot in here that could could get it done at a price. Yeah, there's a lot of outside speed. My my main question here, and I, I like this horse a lot, and you, you this is where we need your intel. I, this work tab is very spotty. It's been spotty for a while. That's my only concern, Kevin. But he worked well at Fairgrounds 48. You know, breezing best three out of 25. I'm assuming they're pointing to this spot. Uh, but the, 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 it's not really the layoff. It's more the work tab. Any thought on the Shane Wilson barn in terms of how he works horses? Yeah. You know, I, Shane usually works them pretty, pretty regularly and, uh, and definitely okay. works them pretty fast. Um, but with specifically noticing how Camejo worked with, uh, Britland stables, there were some times where you're like, huh, there's, there's some, some, some big gaps there. I wonder what's going on. So, um, just because they're not official drills doesn't mean that they're not getting their exercises yeah. staying fit, you know? That's true. And this this touch upon a star is an absolute monster. This is the best Louisiana yeah. bread going. And the way this horse is going, and I'll I'll just go ahead and be people will see a lot of seconds. Who is this horse losing to? This touch upon a star is a complete monster. I mean, look at this. He's only a four-year-old, he's only earned five hundred and twenty-eight. This horse could pass star guitar as the all-time leading. Louisiana bread if he keeps it up uh Kevin so losing to, losing to this horse is really there's no shame in that no not at all yeah he, he's he can beat open company and hopefully will uh be, be put in those spots um yeah. yeah and behemoth's gonna be back on our long um stretch at fairgrounds which I think he'll appreciate that Remington Park yeah. was pretty quick he couldn't quite uh, get his full good thing going uh to, to chase those open company foes last time even though just uh, in one x Seven starts at fairgrounds, Kevin. Three wins, four seconds for Bahamas Star. I'd say that's that's pretty salty. Now, his main competition is the horse that Pete and Paul have on top. And I can't blame you guys. Who took the money? Well, maybe the seven's going to be taking the money on Saturday for Calhoun. Again, you see a lot of, you know, there's Touch Upon a Star. This was sort of last year's Touch Upon a Star, right, Kevin? I mean, this was a serious, really nice horse last year as a four-year-old. The question I have for you, Pete and Paul, is that last race just a prep or is maybe he's tailing off? Obviously, you guys think it was just a prep and he can bounce back. Paul, your quick thoughts on who took the money. Five to two morning line, by the way. Yeah, I'm just hoping it's too bad to be true. Uh, I don't really have a – there is no explanation for it. But if you if you do look past that, you, you got to go about eight or nine races down 
to find another bad race, and that was in an open company, a hundred thousand at Churchill. So, uh, as you said, keeping similar company uh, with Touch Upon a Star, uh, he's run with Behemoth Star a few times, more than yeah. a few times, and back and forth. And you know, uh, the you know, if he puts up one of those mid nineties buyers that he has shown the ability to, I just think that becomes a very formidable figure in a race like this. I mean, there's no doubt if he runs back to that, Pete, he's going to probably, I won't say win for fun because Bahamas Star's got some big numbers. Again, my concern here, Pete, and I have the concern for my top choice, this work tab, he was off, you know, what, five or six, five months here, which you could say fine. He was pointing to the fairgrounds meet, whatever. But then he raced on October 6th, and then he doesn't have a published work for another month. It's just, we're not used to seeing this, and I don't have the enough intel to know. It just is a pause, you know, cause for pause for me. Yeah, you do look at that. But again, it's hard to know. And, and and like Kevin said, that doesn't mean they're not out there stretching their legs a bit. But uh, you want to you, you want to maybe have doubts about that. But again, this is a pretty wide open race. I think there's a few horses in here you can go to with this one. Again, you're just hoping he can regain what he ha- what he was doing sort of last year. And then even at the beginning of this year, even on the turf, he had switched to the turf was sharp. The one thing I do like, he's getting back to Deshaun Parker is getting back up who he's run, yeah. who knows this horse very well has run great. And then that, that first race back was at seven furlongs. Maybe it was just a little bit, a little bit sharp for the first one back. Now he's stretching back out. Not that he hasn't won yeah. I mean, his best buyer is going seven, but still he's stretching back out and maybe with his late kick, that's, what's gonna, that'll make him a little bit more comfortable and, and hopefully he can he can unleash that. And we do we will probably need a little bit of speed up front though for him to to actually get to the get to the wire. So hopefully a couple of those speed horses do go out. Yeah, I mean Calhoun's so great at using that Delta Downs track for prepping for fairgrounds. Um, seven furlongs a little bit sharp. Deshaun told me that um, he did need the rest there, so they probably didn't have him fully cranked for that one. Um, but he's also one of these stubborn uh, mind of his own horses and. McMahon could have struggled with that, not knowing him as well as Deshaun. Deshaun knows yeah. him. But even though Deshaun knows him, he, he can ask and uh, he won't respond sometimes. Who took the money? <laughs> it's just uh, he's a lunatic. So uh, okay. uh, he can come flying. If he wants it, he'll get it, though. All right. I got a quick question, Kevin, because Calhoun trains the seven. He also trains the nine, Highland Creek. This horse I'm actually a little bit interested in. I don't not can get into the weeds, but I like the last race especially because for the first time in a while, he he rated and finished. I know it was a much weaker field. Um, I'm assuming that first call, is Parker first call for Calhoun normally or at this meet, and then McMahon is sort of second call. Can you give us a little intel on the viewers and listeners on who Calhoun likes to have ride for his uh, barn? Yeah, Gutierrez is his first call. Um, okay. Though looking at these first two uh, race days, there are some sort of interesting um, swaps and sort of stuff like that. Um, so yeah, Ray Ray Luce's first call, but um, he's pretty um, horse specific. Deshaun, he, he stays true to the ones who, who ride him well, so he knows this is Deshaun's okay. um, horse. So that's always Deshaun, especially with with a crazy crazy man like that. And CJ McMahon, he's had success here. He's going to be maybe riding throughout the meet, um, but uh, we'll just have to see. Otherwise, he'll be at Delta. All right, now the six is cross-centered, right? Uh, did I write that down? Yeah. yeah. So where is it going, Kevin? Do we know? No, I don't know. Chad might okay. know. Chad, Chad could maybe talk to to, to Jake well, alone. And, that and, could and make a big it. difference because if he's not in there, you, a lot of you guys have the eight. So I, have this, I have the eight uh, third. This is an improving speed horse that's only a three-year-old. This horse could get loose and be a big factor for there he is, Ben Curtis. I, th- this horse is really interesting to me, Kevin. You've got him third. I've got him third. Pete and Paul have him in the top three also. 
yeah, I almost put him on top. You know, I mean, he's got some rest coming into this. Um, you know, this this is Fauche's barn, but with his assistant trainer David, you know, David Trey uh, okay. taking over. So um, he's he's been doing a good job recently, and I imagine he you know he, he definitely knows how to work with this horse being a part of the team. And you got you got to trust that Ben Curtis getting up. Um, this will be a tough test. You know, he's a three year old facing some of these uh, tougher, older foes. So that would be yeah. big. But if he if he breaks well, he doesn't need the lead, but he could he could be dangerous no. in here. You might want to think twice about uh, he might be the now horse, right? Kevin, sort of the one on the come, the one that's improving the sort of unknown factor. Well, and they always said turf was in the end where they wanted him. So we didn't see him run well on turf. So it kind of gave me a little bit of a pause, you know, and then, and then the break there. But he needed he needed the freshening for sure. The one, Kevin, the one quick the thing. Oh, I was going right. to say the one quick thing you like about that one too is after the, right after the trainer switch, you see at least on the dirt the two two huge buyer jumps. So you went from running in like the high sixties, low seventies to a seventy eight to an eighty five, and was improving there. So something something David Terry's doing is actually you know maybe it took to it, and then it was the dirt, and then it was the turf that wound up sort of yeah. zapping him of of whatever form he was in going into that. So if you hope he can regain that at a decent price. Yeah. Hey, I meant to I meant to bring this up, guys, because I, I Kevin came a little late on the bottom of the screen. I mean, laissez le bon temps rouler. Let the big time roll. Let the let the good times roll, baby. Right, Kevin? There That's we right. go. So, they say. There you say. go. There, there <laughs> it is. Um. Anyway, yeah. The good I'm thinking hand grenades. You guys thinking sure. hand grenades? Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just water. It's just water. It's just the cup. All right. Well, <laughs> who knows what these guys got, but let let the good times roll for sure in New Orleans. Kevin, as I bring up the next race, can we put something to rest that I hear every year from people that maybe aren't familiar with fairgrounds? Oh, it's such a long stretch. It helps closers all the time. Can we talk about that in the turf and dirt? I've seen plenty of wire jobs on both surfaces. Just because the stretch is long doesn't necessarily mean it helps closers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... Um... How you come out of that turn is huge. You want to be forward. You want to take it right. And um, you want to get distance pretty quick. You can, you know, break horses' hearts in that in that long stretch by just having enough distance there. But, yeah, we see speed hold often. And there's, you know, it's, you could say bias or whatever you want to call it, but it, it plays fairly well to speed. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I think it's, uh, for me, it's it's more forward than uh, than coming from behind at fairgrounds. Chad also want to mention that in regards to workout tabs and patterns, all horses who are at Copper Crown in Lafayette um, only have an official timer one day a week. Not exactly like the Oklahoma, Paul, but, you know, hey, it's 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 Opelousa, uh, Louisiana, I believe, is where it is there in Lafayette. So, But Copper Crown is like the main training track in Louisiana. It's actually a nice facility. Have you been there before, Kevin? No, I've never been up there. I know uh, okay, Calhoun uses it. I hear it's well. actually pretty nice. Um, yeah, okay. Dude, Chad's anyway. always got the stuff. Chad's got the, he's got, he's got the, Chad's got all the inside. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, might not have the fairgrounds podcast this year. I'm a little disappointed to hear that. I talked to Chad today, but maybe they'll get it going at, at the right uh, time. Anyway, let's go to the next race. The next race right here is a turf race and it's an optional, uh, allowance, optional claiming 50 allowance. Again, rail is only out eight feet about a mile and one distance. Let's hope the turf course plays fair. It's a huge field of 13. I mean, wow. Moyline favorite is the Virginia bread, the number five Tufani for Stidham. And there he is, Ben Curtis. Again, I have a ton of respect for Michael Stidham. Let's bring up the banners and see, we, see who we've got in race eight. And Kevin, I mean, no, Kevin, I don't talk, but you know, I try to 
be as smart as, as Kevin, because I figure if Kevin's got this horse on top or the top same two I have, and Pete's got the same two in, in reverse order, we're all good. You are going with the three-year-old filly, Tufani, for Sidham and Curtis, Kevin. What do you like about this horse as I bring up the PPs? Yeah, Tufani is, is one that uh, the barn's always been very excited about. Um, just took a little bit to get going there and um, it, it really ran well, you know, when, when they finally stretched stretch her out um is one that doesn't need the lead contend to the pace has those sort of tactical options and you know that last race there on uh virginia derby day that was just a speed favoring track Thirty thousand mm-hmm. kelvin just took them all the way and that was just a really speed favoring track so um that was a tough you know a tough tough race to try to get it done of course across there and you know fresh pointed in this spot i think she she makes a ton of sense so uh we'll see what ben curtis can do on the turf I sort of agree with you. I, I I know she looks a little bit light on the buyers compared to a few others, but I think she's going to step up. I've got a, a, a gazillion amount of respect, if that's even a word, uh, for Michael Stidham, Kevin. I just we both know him well. He's a Midwest guy. He used to be Arlington a lot. The guy can train, and and I think this horse has been working well. And I like the fact that he's got a local breeze. I know it's been on the dirt, but I do like when horses have sort of been there a little bit, Kevin, and gotten themselves acclimated because it is humid. It is a little different climate obviously so i agree with you i like tufani uh the number four creative cairo i know i see six to one i got a feeling kevin this horse to be the favorite though because yeah, they see too. a lot of mid-80 yeah. buyers and they see bobblehead who i love james graham this horse looks like the best closer on paper in a race that could have a lot of speed i just have a weird feeling this horse will be the favorite but uh, if not th- this mare is very live too yeah, I feel so. And, uh, you know, to talk about agents, James Graham's got Doug Bradar and he's got a lot of live mounts, yep. it seems, you know, could be switching things up a little bit. Lindsay Schultz been having great success and the form seems there. And I think the distance cut back makes a lot of sense, you know, in terms of uh, where we were at, um, you know, yep. we're mile one eighth for this, right? No, yes. mile 16th. Mile 16th. Yeah. 16th. yeah. So I think that makes sense yeah. for this one just to cut back in a mile and a half. And, um, you know, I think has some class, so might might be might be live in there. But I do agree that I think there's gonna take some money yeah. to create Cairo. Pete, I want to steal your thunder on both those. The only my only concern with the first no. two, two for fifteen, I'm not a real big fan of, but just seems like if if this horse gets the right trip, she might just get the job done. Yeah, that was my thought. This, but this was a race. This is my my least confident race out of the sequence. I, I kind of this was a spread race for me, so I was thinking the same thing. I did like that since Lindsay Schultz took this horse then from Clement that a couple of the races were, were pretty strong, you know, that at least yeah. from a buyer standpoint stayed steady. I like what, what Kevin said about a little bit of a cutback so you can get maybe back to closer sure. to the race, three race backs. If you can get to that, I do. Um, again, we probably need a little bit of speed is going to be sitting off. So it'd be nice to have something to chase. So hopefully we can get that. But again, I, I'm, I'm a, I like the four of the five. I like a bunch of horses in this race. Well, the four last time at 21 ran very well against our Callie Kim, who's just turned into a really nice marathon runner who won in New York. I think we did that race because I had notes for this horse. So I only usually have notes if we're doing the race. So I think we did that because I had very positive notes for Creative Cairo at 20. So I kind of remember liking that horse even in that one. Sorry to cut you off there, but no, no. I think the turn back's going to work. I think she's going to be flying late. I think she'll be further back because there's a lot of speed. Now, look. We either we're going to be wrong, the three of us, or, you know, and, and Paul's going to be right or, or, you know, vice versa, because Paul has nine, 10. He's going to the outside present moment. Paul 
is an yeah. interesting closer, a Philly coming in from Santa Anita, although she was in the Midwest. And then the 10 is is our boy Relu, who has got a lot of early speed and won by eight last time. I just thought there was other speed in there, but you know what? This is a spread race, so I'm using both your horses defensively also. Who do you want to talk about first, Paul? Well, I picked the nine. I, I, you know, I like the price. I, I have in my notes at the bottom of this page that this is a spread race in the pick five. Um, but I do think the nine is interesting in a price. Uh, Jaime Torres, who, who Kevin spoke about, uh, Whit Beckman uh, had some success at Keeneland, is a, certainly a good trainer. Um, you know, I think this horse could go either way. You know, he has... Uh, she has races where she's been forward and closed. She's had races where she's been forward and packed it in. You know, Kentucky Downs on being on the lead at Kentucky Downs is a death knell. Uh, so forget that. But uh, yeah, and uh, I think that, I just think he's uh, she's interested in her price. She's run with some pretty good horses, uh, Sister Luanne for the flag. So yeah, I, I think yeah. Uh, the horse is interesting. She ran well in Indiana against Justify My Love. I mean, I'm using her as a B. And then Yankee Dollar needs the lead, right, Paul? I thought there was some other speed in the race. The Sweet Chablis got to go a little bit later. Lady Jeffrey would go. There's the, an inside horse. I think it's the two. I think, if I remember correctly, he's got some speed. Yeah. Toss way off for Shadwell and, and Mitchell Merle. He's usually pretty aggressive. Um, but maybe the 10 can get loose. I mean, it wouldn't be the craziest thing we've ever seen, Paul. Yeah, well, that's kind of a in Ray Lou we trust play, but I'll be honest with you, I I never looked at the trainer. I'm not I'm not tripping over myself to bet Marcus Vitale, so I will be uh, changing. <laughs> I'll be changing up that pick. Uh, yeah, do you all know Vitale? I don't, that's I don't know a, this one. Yeah, just it's we could do a show, another show for another day. Kevin. <laughs> hey, way hey, way we, back, we, we've got time. Go ahead, Paul. No, I'm just kidding. We don't. Well, I was just going to say, apparently, Fairgrounds is one of the tracks he's not been ruled off on. So, uh, anyway, uh, another yeah. story for another day. Uh, but uh, but it does have my guy Raylo on him. But uh, as I say, but to your point, Howard, you know, taking the personalities out of it, the horse is fifty percent wins in her life, uh, and you know, if she is quote the speed of the speed, and you know, puts the other speed away, then maybe she gets brave. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's a wide open race. Um, Stephen v- Vanderbrook wants to add the two that we talked about, Tasweyoff, who's for Shadwell. Tanner Hawkins, what's up, Tanner? Saw Tanner last night in the chat, so he's doing double duty. That's the way we need it, Pete, right? I mean, they should be watching Ben and Booz and then watch them all. Coming on and watching us. Spreading here for sure. I won't be leaving off the two or the eight. There is some Shadwell love, Kevin, for uh, the two. And Mitchell Merle, who I've met personally, a really good guy. He's very underrated especially on the turf. I've seen him, you know, win plenty of races, especially down there, Kevin, at decent prices. Don't sleep on Mitchell Merle, especially on the turf. Yeah, he's a great gate jock. He gets him out and gets him yeah. going. So if you want your horse to be forward, he, he'll, he'll get it done. Yeah, but there is so much speed sign on. That's why I went for, uh, for late kickers yep. in this one. I agree. Let's go on to the penultimate leg uh, of the pick five. It's on the screen. It's another stake for Louisiana Breads. Nice one. Six furlongs, 75,000. It's the Larry D. Robodeau Memorial Stakes. You see a huge field of 13. Man, they are bringing the heat, Kevin, with these field sizes, which is a very welcome sight for anyone that's a fan of horse racing. The Moyline favorite here 
is Magnum, who might be who's cross entered the number five. So we'll see what happens there at four to one. After that, it's Lang's Day, the number six for Thomas and James Graham. Let me bring up the banner and for our picks for race 10 right here. And Kevin, uh, oh, do I have the right? Is this, no, this, this is the nine, ninth. Right? Yeah, oh, I'm no, sorry, race ninth. nine. Yep. My bad. My bad. Race nine. Um, Kevin, you're going to go with Lang's Day, who is an absolute dead closer. Uh, but has a long stretch to work with. You like the six. Yeah. Um, I think it was two races there towards the end of uh, that's this long layoff um, at fairgrounds. Was it the one right before that was a big late close against squad analysis. Um, there, yeah, it was, it was a, you know, they, they went fast and he had some stuff to close into, but um, it was, it was super impressive. Um, I think that was, it was a nice prep for this. I think he's got a late kick. I think it's going to set up for him. I think, uh, Jimmy Graham and, uh, you know, Lee Thomas is, is an underrated or maybe underknown, maybe is a better way to say it trainer who does a really fantastic job and, um, has had success, um, targeting this meet and, and, uh, getting stakes horses ready. I mean, he, he had some sprinters specifically go down to Gulfstream and have success and, um, he, he's done fantastic work. So I think Langsay is going to set up great for him. I like the draw and, uh, yeah, they're going to go, they're going to cook in this one. They're going to go fast. My only negative here, Kevin, I don't disagree, but just to throw it out to the viewers and listeners, this is a huge oh, yeah. field. He's going to have to pass 12, 13 horses in the stretch and like needs a complete pace meltdown. Now maybe it's going to happen. It's just the kind of race where I respect the horse, Kevin, but there's a lot of things that are going to have to go his way. I mean, you, you would, you would agree with that though, correct? Yeah. But I mean, you know, when we're talking pace numbers. meltdown, what I want to, what I want to see is I want to see a horse who's going to be able to get hopefully to the rail, save ground and uh, definitely have the energy late. And Jimmy Graham, he knows how to, you know, find his spots or, or fight for his spots. He's, yeah. I wouldn't say he's the Irad Ortiz of fairgrounds, but he, he, he knows how to, to, to get aggressive. So I think he's going to be able to work out a good trip and um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think when you have a pace meltdown, you you want to you want to look to closers. You know, I think that's the way to go. You also only want the screen, Kevin's. I got Black Sword at the nine. I looked at Black Sword. Talk to talk to him about why you like this horse. Ran some big races at Evangeline this uh, summer, and that last race you would figure was a prep didn't break well, really fast paced. Um, you think this horse will sit right off the speed and could be a factor, I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, especially with uh, Corey getting aboard. I mean, I think um, you got to find, I mean, what we learned last meet, we, you know, Corey had been gone for a little bit, but you've got to follow his his mounts. And uh, when you see him riding for uh, these horses that maybe you're like, wait a minute, what's he doing on a Ronnie, you know, Averett horse? You know, what's what's going on here? I think it, it, it does mean that it's live. And and seeing some late kick from, uh, from Black Sword, specifically in that last one, um, yeah. it was, it, it was, it was an impressive one. And, you know, Super Ocho was, was much the best that day. And, uh, I think wired the field if I remember, um, uh, without looking at my notes, but, um, I got it right here, Kevin. There it is. Yeah. yeah. He's on the lead there yeah. and, and, uh, nice you know, it's the monster deal, which is over in Dubai before that, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, it, it, you're kind of like, well, what's going on Delta Downs? Who cares? You know, but Super Ocho was, 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 <laughs> was a big one. So that was a big late run. I think it's going to set up for him. And Corey is, uh, he's fantastic with, uh, with a late mover. Um, I think he got this done last year with Big Chopper coming late, mm-hmm. um, or that was Louisiana Champions Day sprint, and he um, and it was uh, Brian's Iron Mike who we've seen closers get these sprints uh, for the state breads um, done in the past couple times that we've seen we've seen him run. Okay, um, Paul, this is purely a play that I'm assuming we all have strong reasons. We're going, we're all going. Mean you, my you, Pete, and I, we're all going with Jackhammer. 
who has not Ooh. raced since last February. I don't want to steal anyone's thunder, but Paul, I, I, we're all thinking alike uh, for some reasons that need to be explained. What is he that you like, Paul, about Jackhammer six to one morning line? Well, I think it's the old, you know, you don't give up on a horse for one race. You know, the horse uh, right into stakes company off the maiden win, uh, two impressive stakes wins, you know, listed, not graded, but still. And then just a, a total clunker. Obviously, something was amiss, hence the nine-month layoff. But uh, certainly Calhoun coming off this layoff is not a concern at all. Um you know, again, uh, my guy Raylu, right, right back, right back to him. I don't think this horse is going to be six to one. I'd like to think, yeah, he's going to be six to one, but I don't think he is. But yeah, I, I just think if something went wrong in that last race, which is the reason for the layoff, and the horse is ready to go, and I have faith that Calhoun has him ready to go, uh, I, I think he could be right back, right back on top. Keith, there's the layoff. Um, now, the numbers are a little bit below as normal. He's normally 20% and 51% of the money. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with 16% and basically 50% of the money with an average payout of almost, you know, what is that, 7 to 2 off a six-plus month, month layoff, Pete. This horse looks to me, if he's ready, I think is a serious player in this race. Yeah, and I I like the the the, the cutback we're getting also is because when yeah. this horse was really explosive going when when he was sprinting, and then the other thing I did like too, if you if you I don't remember if I watched the race or just was looking at the chart, but this horse rushed up into a pretty hot pace and then yeah. faded, but it was going a mile seventy. And again, I don't we don't know if something even went wrong there. So you and figure he, with that's the horse that we talked about in the last race, the eight horse, it all is night. that eight all night. Uh, so yep. obviously he was keeping good company very early in his career. Sorry to interrupt you. And was 40 cents, uh, you know, 40 cents yeah. on the dollar in that yeah. race. So uh, again, if something went wrong, then you just, the only, I guess the concern is off that layoff, is this the yeah. one maybe just needs one, but at a decent price in a field that's wide open, I'd rather take a shot on a horse that maybe we haven't seen even close to what this horse is going to be yet. And the upside could be there. So if this one pops sprinting, and I like that from the outside should be able to work a good trip and see if he either wants to sort of sit off or even might have enough speed to clear and depending upon what Raylu wants to do. And you know, Raylu is going to be aggressive with him. So yeah, I just kind of like this horse. Guys, it'd be a major host fail on my part. If I didn't ask Kevin about this horse, because Kevin's down there, Kevin, you don't have this horse in the top three, which really concerns me. And I almost have a feeling that you're going to tell me something that Calhoun told you about this horse. That's not good. Or is it just, uh, you just don't like the layoff. What is it, Kevin? No, I love the horse. I think uh, oh, I think okay. he's definitely Good. live in there. He was he was my fourth on there. I think <laughs> I got right. him in the pick five, but uh, just because of the pace scenario, I decided okay. to, uh, to to not put him in the top three there. Okay. But I mean, he was running fours third graph and uh, has that one bust race. And yeah, I do like this cutback. Yeah. I do like the post for him, and uh, we'll just see. He did send pretty hard in that last one against All Night Moonlight, so we'll see if Ray yeah. can just sort of relax with him a little bit, if need be. You guys see how the break goes. Last thing, and we're going to go to the last race. Paul, I'm not a big fan of Aubrey Green. I just, she just doesn't win a lot. But she what? knows. Wait, man, Howard, cut, you got to cut. Aubrey Green, she is fantastic. And she rides. She She's 11%, Catherine. Like a mofo. Sorry. She rides them. She rides them. All right. The whole, either, she needs All right. Stop. Sorry. Stop. Sorry, stop. Aubrey. <laughs> I'll take that. it back. You're going to get some people hating you. You're going to lose fans. Everybody loves Aubrey. I've never heard of her. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Li- li- I don't know a person. I'm sure she's a 
wonderful person. And she, I'm not saying she's a bad writer, but I mean, she's 11%, Kevin. I'm a math guy. I just only see what I can see. Sorry. But, but I was about to give her a compliment, though, Kevin, because <laughs> Mike J on the rail, she knows this horse really well. She yep. rides this horse really well. She's aggressive. I know there's other speed, but when you got the rail in a big field, I think Mike J is, is very live. Paul, you have this horse second. Kevin, I'm assuming you're using this horse also in your pick five, even though you don't have this horse in the top five. Either one of you can just chime in. Yeah, Mike J's put some good races together. Those open company ones there, February yeah. 4th uh, at Fairgrounds. That was that was a nice field. Um, I think April Forest is the other one there behind All West. Um is one that just doesn't stop, right? So uh, we'll go, we'll compete, we'll we'll duel, we'll buy, and not quit, and you know until uh, the race is over. So you don't have to worry about this one folding. My my only concern with that one because I looked at that one too, and it was in this when when this horse gets into stakes company tends to maybe hit the board, but, but can't get the, can't get the win, can't get on the win end. So I like it maybe as a, as an underneath shot, but at five to one, I just didn't love it on the, on the win end, but definitely quality. I mean, there's other speed. We're going to move on guys. Uh, Scuteria, the four is interesting. And by the way, yeah. is a full brother to a horse running in the last race. I don't know if you yeah. guys noticed that, but there's also unified report. The number 13, Kevin coming back for Dallas Stewart and Mitch Merle, who, I got a feeling that horse could run well. I know the 13's a brutal post, but maybe could sit off the 10 and be interesting if he's an improved horse. I think first time gelding, if I recall, also. So I don't know. It's a very tough race. I, I think it's uh, another race that you might have to spread. I'm curious to see everyone's pick fives here coming up. Well, I've seen them, but I think the fans <laughs> will be interested in seeing what people are doing because there's a lot of ways to go, Kevin, in this pick five, which, by the way, is a 50 cent, and it's not like a rainbow, the black. Is it still called the black gold five? Is, and is it a carryover situation or just a regular pick five? Regular you know? pick five, 15% okay, takeout, 50 cents. Perfect. Yeah, it's just what it hits the sweet spot early. And then we've got the late one every day. Awesome. Everyone should play it for 15% takeout, you said? One five? Yeah, one five. Absolutely. We got to play it for sure. All right, let's go to last race, guys. The last race of, oh no, sorry, race 10. My bad. This is last race. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm having some issues tonight. All right. It's because I got confused with the pick five change earlier today. Anyway, last race, uh, closeout leg, 615 Eastern, main special, five and a half on the dirt. Louisiana Breads, another big field of 12. By the way, love the name of the 12. If, uh, if anyone saw that. Uh, also eligible with the 13, our last half. Let me go ahead and take the banners down for nine and put up 10. There's our race 10. We're all, we're pretty similar here. It looks like guys that a lot of the horses that have run, we're really not big fans of. We're going to fresh faces. Kevin, it's a complete guess. Although there is breeding and workouts we can look at. The favorite is the number nine undercover girl for Cox and Lannery, but you're going with uh, Steve Asperson and Jaime Torres at six to one a sacred saint the number three talk about this horse kevin yeah full the scuderia right we just were yep. you were just That's mentioning cool. right yeah uh, who won on debut and looked good doing it and showed speed and i think we've got a nice draw here and you know it's just hard to know what sort of other speed is going to be signed on with uh with this you know lightly race really no form established with a lot of these horses so i think we have a good spot torres is fantastic you know when he gets to the lead i think this is the type of horse that i'm going to be wanting to, to bet him on um you know, we'll see what sort of price we get. To, and there is that Brad Cox horse in there, second time starter, right? Or is it first time out? Um, time. Number nine. Yeah, so it's a spread race for me. Yeah, first time out here. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, I do like that number three. I think we, we'll get a better price than, than the Cox. Yeah, the workouts are not like spectacular. I mean, he has a bullet workout, but Steve doesn't necessarily work the horses fast. And you got to believe, Kevin, with this kind of field and, and the purse, you know, that this horse is going to come out running aggressively. I mean, if this horse shows speed, I would assume the horse will be very live. You see, there's five first time starters out of this dam, and three of them have won. So when you got three out of five, you know, uh, of, of the progeny that have come out firing, including their Scutier, you know, or Scuteri, excuse me. And there's some other ones that are decent. I mean, Plum Good, one by 10 first time out there. I know it was the Louisiana Downs, but still, uh, I think the board will tell, but we can't see the board, of course, Kevin, before the pick five. So if this horse is live, you, you, you'll, this horse is going to run, I would think. Is that fair to say? Yeah. $100,000. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he, yeah, this this is she'll be a runner for sure. She'll, she'll be she'll be part of the, the the race for sure. Yeah, let's talk about the nine is my top choice. And Pete, I'll let you go. Your Paul's top choice also. I mean, Pete, we're guessing here. I mean, <laughs> we don't we don't know. But I mean, look, uh, if we came out and said we know for sure, then we'd go to the bank right now. But this <laughs> is a Nyquist filly out of it. This is the first uh, full out of out of the damn free cover who. Wasn't you know a nice horse? That wasn't anything spectacular. Won 180 thousand for Andrew Lerner, who ran in, in you know all over the place actually, but did win first out. If you notice in a main special, I did notice that at Churchill. So I don't know you know how the progeny are going to do of free cover, but this horse um, you know if it's Cox and Lannery and has some decent works, you think this horse is going to be live? Yeah, you, you sort of touched on a few of it. The the last couple works were strong, so it looks like, especially I like the the nice strong four furlong. Then right before this race goes with a nice five furlong, sort of blowout run, runs a nice minute work, which I really like. So maybe this horse is just getting sharp. It is Brad Cox, obviously, and the one thing. Yeah. In the pedigree line, so if you look at if you look at formulator, you could see obviously six horses. You could see the mom, the dad, and the grandparents. Four of the six all won first time out. So maybe there's a little bit of precocity in there. So maybe we can get this one home first time. Also, one quick stat: Brad Cox, um, first time starters on the dirt at fairgrounds, five for fifteen wins, fourteen for fifteen in the money. So when, wow. when he's got some first time starters here, he can he can oh, fire with man. them. So. When I saw that, I was like, all right, in a race where there's not a hell of a lot to go on, I don't necessarily love anyone. Plus, we were handicapping this fast because we found out late that this one was the one in the pick five. But but this was uh, <laughs> this was this was one that I feel like you can't really leave off the ticket, even if you don't like him on top. Kevin, there's a stat for your simulcast. What can you read that last stat again, Pete? That last yeah, uh, first in the money. First time starters on dirt at fairground, five for 15 wins, 14 for 15 in the money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what, yeah. though? I'd love to. See, do you have stats on Louisiana breads with that? I didn't look whether it was, I didn't look whether it was state breads only or if it what, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't look. I usually don't check that unless it's specific. Okay. The other it's thing is to see the Coto Grow Farms bread is one of the, you know, one of the best and most high profile breeders in Louisiana. And they didn't, they didn't, didn't sell, right? They, they continue to own. Um, this horse and they worked with Brad with yeah, other, so other projects, other horses right? bought okay. in. So yeah. yeah, it should be a good, good runner. And, uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, if you want to try to beat this one, a lot of value in it, right. A lot of equity in beating this one. Oh, for sure. Um, Paul, I, it's not really a concern. I do find it a bit odd and Kevin, I'd love to hear your input also on this. The horse has, has been working at Turfway on the, on the sin. I, 
don't know if that means eventually he's going to be, or she's going to, oh boy. I don't know if that means they got to have a drink, Kevin, when you misgender. Um, I don't know if that means she's going to be like turf meant at some point. But Paul, I found that a little bit odd. I don't know. Am I reading too much? Well, into it? Brad's, yeah, probably. Brad's got a lot of horses and, you know, he's based in Kentucky and, you know, the Churchill is his base, but um, I, I don't find it odd. I, I think when this race comes around, if this horse is taking money at all, and, and I don't think he's she's going to be seven to two, I think it's a tough morning line to make, so no yes. criticism. But if this horse is live on the board, I think you could just unload on this horse. Uh, it's Nyquist. I will say, Pete, that stat you have, if you add in two-year-olds – it drops to 21%. Because um, I did Brad for two-year-olds on first-time starters on dirt at fairgrounds. It was 21. However, nonetheless, uh, Nyquist, uh, obviously, uh, top sire. Uh, Brad and Corey are, are good together. you got to figure the horse is li live with Corey Honor. I, I, again, I think if this horse takes money, uh, you, you can really – uh, of course, we're not going to know that. No. I'm, I'm going to maybe Howard Singler in the pick five and then hope she takes money five races later. Look, it's no. not it's not but, the uh, worst play. I, I think – I don't know yeah. what to do with the five guys play in a minute, and we'll just talk about this horse and go on to our tickets. Yeah. I mean, she's faced – I mean, she's been at Saratoga, face against Candide. Hello. Finished third mm. in the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Phillies. And then, you know, was up against it from the 11 hole at Churchill – this is Raylu. I mean, if yeah. you know these firsters don't quite break right or run, I mean, the five to me is the most logical one, Kevin, of the horses that have run um, based on the uh, the connections and the and the works and all that. First Lasix, by the way, throw a shout out to Chad who mentioned that. Kevin, this horse is probably live also, but doesn't have as much speed as the others, so that could be a concern. Yeah, but also has some seasoning, right? Um, yeah. So it could set up nicely and, you know, give me a minute, um, Brandon, the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk about, you know, progeny of Star Guitar. So um, yeah. this is definitely, you know, uh, going to be an interesting one to watch and see. And, you know, Dallas, as we can see across both cards, he's not afraid to take these lobbereds and run them against open company in different states, yeah. so on bigger stages, which I love. You know, I think it's fantastic. Take his shots and um, so yeah, I think this one could come home and, and find easier and, uh, have some seasoning and be live for sure. There's a lot of ways to go. I know Pete, you, we're going to move on, but Pete's got the six good and sassy who was staked first time out. Um, you know, didn't run great, but you know, should be better this time. I thought the 10 about to set sail had some interesting breeding. I also thought 12, a misdemeanor, what a great name, a misdemeanor. <laughs> who didn't do a lot, but, but showed some speed and now has been working really well for Shane Wilson. There's just, there's a ton of ways to go here, Kevin. It's another race. That's really tricky. This is just a really fun pick five here on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a fun one. You've got to just sort of find your race in there and, uh, and take one stand and uh, sort of like bring it all together and make sure that you're not just uh, accidentally backing into all favorites somehow, you know, what's going to happen. I hear you. Well, Kevin, we're by the way, real, real quick, Howard, I just wanted to come, uh, clarify for everybody listening that stat because I couldn't find it for a second. It was in the past year. That's why when what Paul was talking about, so that 14 ah. for 15 and the, the five okay. for 15 was in the past year. So I just wanted to clarify okay. that in case anybody looked and couldn't get to that number. 
Kevin, I'm going to uh, talk about your pick five and then let you go. And then we're going to stay on for a few more minutes uh, with you off the screen. Kevin is going 6-10 with two, with 4-5-9, with 6-9-10-13, with 1-3-5-6-8-9-12. It's an $84 ticket, and you're singling Bahamas Star in the second leg, Kevin. Um, and you're, you're going, obviously, skinny early, spreading late. Yeah. Um, you know, I think with uh, – it's just – it's going to be hard to tell. I'm just looking at my odds and wondering if uh, – where I'm getting my value as I'm looking back over this. Yeah, no worries. Um, hey, Kevin, I'm said, just going to show you this because you're not going to be on the screen. Look, here's my pick five. Look who I've got singled. Bam, yeah, let's go, let's Kevin Kilroy. Let's do it, let's baby. Go. Let's do it. Let's anyway, do it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I might be tempted to, uh, you know, to, to single one of these little interesting ones in, you know, in the, the turf race there with the closers possibly – uh, Tufani could be, you know, one that I just know I'm going to get some equity there. You know, I think, I think she'll be bet in the wind pools, you know, I just know, and knowing the barn and how, how that's, they sort of bet, you know, I think if she's live, she'll be bet in the wind pools, but might not necessarily be it, you know, in the pick five. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's hard to find another single. It's hard to find another one that I really want to lean on, um, in here. So, uh, yeah, guys, hopefully this one, uh, cashes for us. All right. <laughs> Kevin, we really appreciate being being on. I, good luck tomorrow. We'll look forward. Watch Kevin Kilroy, guys, on the simulcast feed. He does an unbelievable job. He's just a great guy. And Joey Dak and everyone will be watching. Kevin, uh, enjoy the fairgrounds meet, man. Good luck. And uh, guys, thanks for having well, me on. For trust, trust your luck, right, Kevin? Yeah, you got to trust your love, mate. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, take care, right. Kevin. Good seeing you, Kev. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Bye, take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, there's a comment in the chat, and then we got to get to our pick fives, and then I got to go. But I, this this comment cracked me up. But I got to show it. Kyle Sellers, have you guys uh, heard that your voice doesn't match your face? Hmm. Been watching the pod on Spotify while I worked six months. My first time watching Three for Loop. Guys, is that a is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't. Well, I don't I, I, I responded and said I must be a lot more good looking than than he expected. So for me, it's a compliment. Right. Well, anyway. I don't I don't I don't really know what he meant about you, but for me, I'm taking it as a compliment. But that's just how I, I do. I hear you. <laughs> well, Kyle, thanks for joining the show, man. Really welcome, Kyle. It. Don't be a stranger, Kyle. All right, real quick, guys. Uh, Pete, your pick five, three, four, six, ten with seven. With four, five, six, nine, ten, with five, six, ten, with five, six, nine, ninety bucks. Yeah, I, I was sort of. I, I could have probably spread in every race if you if I had the budget to do it. So the first leg, I was a little wide open. I mean, my top choice was that eight to one shot, who's a second time starter, Norwich, that you and I like. But it's not like I have full confidence in that horse. In the yeah. in the next leg, I wound up singling that seven. It was uh, what's the name? Who took the money? I just thought with Deshaun Parker getting up, I'm going to take a leap of faith. This was another one where there was other horses I liked but didn't love, and I know you guys are singling the two. So we're we're it's funny that we're all singling in the same leg, or yeah, three of us are singling the same leg but different horses. And then yeah, the third leg, I like I said, that was the one I had the most trouble with. So I just went with my sort of top five A's. And in the last race, I kind of do like that Brad Cox horse, so I didn't feel the need to go too deep. But since he's a first time, since she's a first time starter, I don't have full confidence, so I just added a couple of the others that I like, and we'll see if we can catch a price somewhere in the middle here. Actually, that that first leg, I think, if we can get that horse Norwich home, that would be a nice, yeah, that would a nice, be nice price to hopefully kick it off. 
Uh, Paul's pick five, six, seven with two, three, seven, eight with two, five, nine, ten with one, ten with three, five, nine, ninety six bucks, Paul. Yeah, uh, my spread races, as you can see, of the the second two. Um, I'm going to try to get by that first leg. We all like the six. I think the seven's got a decent shot there, and that that could be a price uh, for me. Um, uh, no strong feelings in the second two legs, and then I get a little uh, little Jenny Craig toward the end. Uh, <laughs> one ten. I'm going to try to get by with one ten in the penultimate leg. Although I do. I do in that race, uh, Lang's Day, the horse that Kevin likes, he was the one uh, I dropped off uh, in order to play three in the last race. I may adjust that on the fly because I may decide to lean heavier on the nine in the last race. All right. Well, we'll look at scratches. So, Paul, let me get this straight. You're ending your pick five with 110 with 359. Is that correct? Correct. Very, very interesting, sir. Well, great minds <laughs> or oh, rip boy. that one up paul or rip that one right up <laughs> oh pete's always there to throw it to hey hey howard uh pete's kyle, always came, there to poo-poo. kyle came back with his uh with his opinion of what he was expecting so oh, you can well, check it. oh boy howard's the voice of a big guy and pete is the voice <laughs> of an older gentleman wearing a flat cap well let me there you can adjust that he he mentioned the gray hair in the next one. This is all gray, Kyle. It's just I cut it short. So this is completely gray, as you can see. So you were you were pretty close with all right. that one. Anyway, I'm going six, seven, eight, nine, ten, because I just like consecutive numbers because I'm a math teacher. Uh no, that's not the reason. With two, same single behemoth star as um Kevin. With four, five, six, eight, nine, eleven. That's the turf race, guys. I it's a tough race. With one ten, with three, five, nine. Uh, as uh, I tip my cap to Paul, I just you have to take stand somewhere. This is a tricky sequence. I don't know if the two is the most likely winner in the second leg, but sort of like you guys, or at least like you, Pete, it just feels like the race where you need to take a stand. I just I'm not sure you have to go very deep there, and I got to take a stand somewhere. So I'm taking a stand in that race, guys. As I go ahead and put on the final banner and wrap it up. Uh, been a great show, a lot of fun. Again, next week we're going Wednesday late afternoon. Check for the time. We might be changing that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see um, how that goes. We're going to be covering, by the way, um, just stake races. We're not going to do a pick five. We're going to cover a bunch of stake races, probably Churchill, because Thanksgiving weekend is a lot of really good stakes. Uh, guys, we're going to close the show. Paul, I'm going to let you close the show. Any final thoughts, anything you want to say about uh, Kentucky or just anything else as we close? Yeah, I just wanted to pass on, Howard, um... I've been obviously in communication with the Dormans and, and they're doing uh, pretty well. And Kelly, I, I texted back and forth with today and they're, they're very appreciative in general for all the support of the pod. And I obviously let them know about the donation. So hats off to you, Howard, for, for putting that together and hats off to all our viewers who, who made that work. And, uh, you know, Leslie, they put up a beautiful Facebook post last night uh, just to kind of thanking everyone for everything, um, you know, just as they reflect on the last week, 10 days. Uh, they're very, very appreciative, almost overwhelmed with all the support they've gotten. So I, he wanted to make sure that uh, I passed that on. And uh, this is the first show since I've been back. So I wanted to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I think now we focus on celebrating the life of that little guy. 
absolutely and, and paul thanks for representing the podcast so well and uh, uh to everyone out there you can thank me for putting it together but listen we had almost thirty five hundred dollars uh and a lot of people in the pick six who played the pick six just donated their winnings uh, to the Dorman family and, and to Cody and to make a wish. So shout out to all of you guys out there for donating almost $3,500 to make a wish. Just thanks a lot. It, unbelievable. We really thank everyone out there. And on that wonderful. I was say, by, by the way, if anyone still You're wants not to, to that, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just say, if anyone still wants to on the front page of our, of our website, there's a little Cody Dorman section with the articles by Paul and the show, the, the interview live with Cody and family. And there's a link to specifically that branch of the make a wish. So awesome. if you, if you can't remember what the link is, you can't remember what it is, just go to our website. It's on the homepage. Thank you, Pete. Job, Thanks Pete. for doing that. Sure. Cause I didn't even know that. So thank you very much, Pete. I appreciate yep. it. All right. So for one, look at my co-hosts are so awesome for my one of our co-hosts, Pete Visco, Paul Halloran, and for Kevin Kilroy uh, of fairgrounds, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 309 of the HHH racing podcast we'll see you next wednesday check your times it's going to be probably late afternoon crush your bets at the fairgrounds this weekend take care everyone have a great night bye-bye Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.